the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thinking about health care these days? Well, you're not alone. And it seems that getting real information about the state of our medical system is tough to come by. That's why you've come to the right place with Dr. Bill, your radio MD. He's got the answers because he's a doctor. I said he's a doctor and he wants to hear from you right now. 877-969-8600. This is AM860, The Answer. And now, it's time for Dr. Bill, your radio MD. And here I am. I am Dr. Bill, your radio MD, coming at you on 860 AM. We are am860theanswer.com. That's am860theanswer.com. And, by the way, you can reach me on the web. Just Google that uh, address, and you'll come to our website, at which point you can click Listen Live, 9 to 10 a.m. every Sunday morning, and you got me. Oh, boy. Sounds like big fun, doesn't it? Well, it is, because I am your Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. Today, I'm going back to medical topics. I really got disgusted. Bill and I were talking before the show about this, the uh, health care bill that Trump and the conservative, or not conservative, the middle-of-the-road Republicans put together, which was such a hodgepodge, I couldn't even read the thing. And usually I write, I'm kind of nerdy, I like to read all that kind of stuff. But, you know, let's just repeal Obamacare, and then we can start over again. That's the easiest, in my opinion. I don't think Trump's going to go for anything that doesn't cover everybody, because he said that in his campaign several times, which is fine with me. We can expand Medicaid or whatever. But first, let's get rid of Obamacare, because guess what? Our premiums are going to go up again if we don't. So today, I'm going back to medicine. I'm talking about the eyeball. Why? Well, I had a cataract removed on Valentine's Day in my left eye. And incidental to the workup, they also found that the thin layer overlying my retina, which is the nerve endings at the back of the eye that actually receive the light and turn it into a signal that the brain can understand that the thin membrane that protects it, that there's a little wrinkle in it over the sweet spot in the eye, what we call the fovea. Uh, this is in the macula, the macula densa, which is the part of the back of the eye, the retina, that has the most nerve cells for receiving light and images. So at any rate, now I've got two things. I got the, I've got the cataract corrected, but now when they give me correction for that left eye with my glasses that had the cataract removed, everything's wavy because it's magnifying that little area on the back of my eye and the retina where the fine, thin membrane of, of skin that's uh, transparent has pulled away. So everything's just a little bit wavy when I look certain ways. So I'm still using my old glasses. Now you say, well, why did you have your your cataract removed. Well, for those of you who don't know, the cataract 
is the uh, the disease of the lens of the eye. The lens is it's just that it's a lens. It's it's a biconcave or convex. I forget which one. You know, it's shaped like a like an oval, and it actually helps bend the light and focus it on the back of our eye, just like a camera lens. When you when you turn the the focus on it forward and backward, or if you have an electronic one, you know, you push it in front, and front and back and it comes in and out. Well, instead of having a or an eyeball that goes in and out of our head, we actually have a lens that, until we get older, is is fairly soft and it's got muscles attached to it. And when we want to focus close up or far away, the muscles pull and, and then they relax depending on what we're looking at. As we look far away, the muscles relax. As we look closer, the muscles pull the lens and help us focus light on the back of our eye. And that's how we see. So basically, our eye is a camera lens. And the film is the retina. And the focal mechanism is the, the lens. You guys know what the, what the cornea is, of course. I know you do, because that's a clear part of the eye on the front of the eyeball that covers the, the black hole, which is the pupil. That's where the light comes in. And then the colored area, which gives us green eyes or blue eyes or, or brown eyes. Of course, I'm a, I'm a green-eyed devil, and I know that you're a blue-eyed beauty. So we should be in good company here today. And then we got the brown-eyed girl that, that uh, was sung about in the 1960s. So that colored area underneath the cornea is actually the muscle. That's the muscle, and that is what helps focus the eyeball by making the lens get thicker and thinner. And, and it's a pretty neat mechanism because we don't have to move our eyeball in and out like a camera does. So what are the, the diseases that we can get and what happened to my lens? Well, with age, sun, radiation exposure, certain diseases, long-term use of, of prednisone or, or corticosteroids, cortisone-type agents, we can get opacities in the lens, and as well, the lens gets a little stiffer with age, kind of coagulates, and eventually it starts distorting our vision, and if it's too far gone, then we can't see through it at all. And the operation is fairly easy now. They keep you awake. They give you a little sedation so that your your memory of the procedure is, is gone, but you can still cooperate with the doctor, with the surgeon while he's doing the work, and they make a little incision above the cornea, and they go in and they take out, suck out the lens, and they pop a new one in. It's pretty cool. Neat little procedure, and that gets rid of the cataract. And, of course, the cataract is a big problem as we get older, and a lot of us, especially if we were outdoorsmen or if we've worked in catheterization laboratories or around x-rays and worked inside uh, nuclear reactor plants, especially if you're one of the people that walks around the inside of the, con the, of the containment building, not in the control booth, but further in. And that can be a big problem, and it can cause, over time, a coagulation or a clouding of our lens, and that's a cataract, easy to treat. So that's probably the biggest disease we see uh, in terms of easy surgical intervention. 
the eye is shaped a little bit like an egg. And you say, well, why is my vision bad? Why am I nearsighted or farsighted? Well, some people are born with an eyeball that's longer or shorter. And if you have a longer eyeball, you're going to be nearsighted. And if you, if you have a shorter eyeball, I think I've got this right. I'm not an eye doctor. So, but you got the idea. If you have a shorter eyeball, then you're going to be farsighted because the lens can't focus properly at certain distances on the back of the eye, the retina. The retina is the lining of nerve cells on the back part of the eye, and those nerve cells have long tails that go and form the optic nerve, which goes to the back of our brain. And if you feel those two little bumps on the back of your head, that's the occipit of the, of the skull, and that's where your occipital lobe is back there. And it, it has the distinct responsibility of taking care of vision and decoding the signals that come from the back of the eye to give us an image and sending it to the rest of the brain so the rest of the brain knows what we're looking at. So the occipital lobe is honorably the most important of the sensory parts of the brain because that's what deals with our vision and we are, as I've said before, visual hunters. We hunt with our eyes. Does that mean we go out and hunt all the time? No. That means when we're looking at each other and judging each other as to veracity or beauty or strength, uh, we do the first quick take with our eyes. Whether we're reading, anything we learn, uh, if it's not audio, it's going to be visual. So we read the written text. Uh, we look at slideshows. We go to movies. All these things are visually related, and we have some help with audio and movies, and you can also have audio books. And so this is the most important sensory organ. And we can have different problems with the eye. Common office problems will be conjunctivitis, which is the infection of the pink moist membrane underneath our eyelids that connects to the white part of our our eyeball, the white part of the eyeball is called the, uh, <clears throat> I'm drawing a blank here, guys. The cornea, the sclera is the white part of the eyeball, and that's what the conjunctiva joins with is the sclera, the white part of the eyeball that we see. So that can become inflamed and infected and you can get a red eye. You can even get goopy stuff coming out or you wake up in the morning and your eyes are matted together at the eyelids. That's oftentimes a conjunctivitis. Now in our neck of the woods here, we see a lot of allergic reactions and allergies can cause an allergic conjunctivitis. Well, the treatment for conjunctivitis, if it's a bacterial bug is, is antibiotic drops in the eye. And if it's from allergies, we can use different things like cortisone drops for short periods of time. We can use uh, antihistamines. We can use sodium chromalin eye drops, which are not in, in a lot of uh, current use. It's not real popular with doctors. I don't know why not. Good drug. And all these things you can obtain from your physician after having an examination to find out what the problem is. Another problem of the sclera 
and this is pretty common too and very distressing for people, is when a little vein breaks underneath the sclera, the white part of the eye, and you get a little bleeding into the eye, and people think, oh, my God, I'm going to lose my vision. This is almost always a benign, no-big-deal problem. It can be very irritating, in which case we can give you some topical cortisone eye drops, and that may help cool down the inflammation and the irritation. Or you can take some non-steroidals like ibuprofen or naproxen or Aleve or any of these over-the-counter medications that are non-steroidals. Tylenol, acetaminophen is not a non-steroidal. It's not in the class. It's In my practice, it would be purely for pain relief, minor pain, and for fever, but not for any real inflammatory processes like blood underneath the, the, uh, the membrane overlying the sclera, the white part of the eye. So that's no big deal, uh, but it does cause a lot of panic, and it happens frequently. So other common eye diseases that are seen in the office that you need to know about and recognize are styes. Styes are blockages of the little glands inside of the eyelids, and these secrete oil-type substances, and this helps keep the eyelid healthy and protects it from bacterial invasion and also protects the eye from, from the effects of the eyelid brushing over it. And the eye itself has lacrimal tear glands inside underneath the eyelids that secrete tears, and this helps keep our eyes moist because if our eyes dry out, then our cornea can become irritated. We can get ulcers on it. We can get infections. And the cornea, again, is that clear part of, that overlies the pupil, the black hole, and the iris, the colored part of the eye. And if the cornea is damaged, it can cause blindness. Fortunately, corneal transplants are easy these days, and they're almost always effective. But prevention, of course, is the best cure. There are some people who have problems where they don't secrete enough tears and their eyes can become dry. We call the SICCA, S-I-C-C-A. It's just an old Latin term for dry. And there are some diseases some autoimmune diseases in the rheumatoid arthritis family that can cause this, and that's treated with eye drops that replace our natural tears. We can also use cortisone preparations by mouth, and sometimes that will help cool down the inflammation and the uh, problems with too dry eye and autoimmune diseases like rheumatoid arthritis and Sjogren's syndrome, lupus, different things that can attack multiple systems within the body, including the eyeball. A big problem as we get older is macular degeneration. Macular degeneration is a process where the back of the eye, the retina, which has all the nerve cells in it, and is the, for lack of a better analogy, the photographic paper, that the image is formed on, that can deteriorate over time. We can get deposits of proteins. Blood vessels can deteriorate. We can have uh, trauma to the eye, which can cause it. And there's a number of reasons we can have macular degeneration, and there's wet and dry, depending upon the presentation. 
whether we see certain signs in the macula or not. There is treatment for it most of the time. We now have injections right into the eyeball, and you say, oh, my God, that must hurt. Surprisingly, you put a drop of numbing medicine on the surface of the eye, and you can go in, and uh, it's pretty painless, and people have this done frequently. I have several people in my practice who see ophthalmologists and receive these special injections in their eyes that help them with macular degeneration, help slow it down. A certain amount of this may be part of the aging process. It's a fascinating phenomena, and if you're interested in becoming an ophthalmologist, here's a good place to start. So we can treat macular degeneration, which is a deterioration of the retina, the lining of the back of the eye that has the nerve cells in it. We can treat this with intraocular, that is eyeball injections, and it can slow it down. Other diseases that attack the nerve cells, the layer of nerve cells in the back of the eye, include blood vessel diseases. And the most common form of blood vessel diseases we see are from things like diabetes and hypertension. Diabetic neuropathy, neuro nerve cells, opathy, the eye. Inflammation of the eye or of the nerve cells or that lining of the eye that has all the nerve cells in it. What happens here? Well, there's breakdown of small blood vessels and new blood vessels come in and try and take over. And after a while, all this activity scars the eye down. It scars the retina down. And then you can't see. You start losing your vision. We can have hemorrhages into the uh, microscopic hemorrhages that can become big enough to see with the, with the doctor's equipment in the back of the eye. And of course, once you get some blood between the retina and the light coming into your eye, well, you're not going to see in that area. So you can lose vision from that, and it's a difficult thing to treat. The main thing is prevention. Keep your blood sugar down. If you have diabetes, make sure you're seeing your doctor frequently. Make sure that you are having an eye exam annually. And that you're taking care of yourself. That's important. You know, prevention is a big part of, of staying healthy, even if we do have diseases or we've con contracted or inherited problems like diabetes type 2. This is an inherited disease. It's not caused by being overweight, but being overweight will make it worse once you have it. So it is inherited. It's in families. And the treatment for these small breaks in the blood vessels and these new blood vessels forming is to see the retinal specialist and he can laser some of these and, and get them out of the way. And that does help. And hopefully that will return some vision to some people. And again, the main thing is prevention. Speaking of prevention, Rubella, which is a viral disease that kids often get, 
well, not nowadays because we immunize against it. But if you get that viral disease, rubella, when you're carrying a baby, that baby can be born with microcephaly, small brain, uh, congenital cataracts, so there'll be clouding of their lens of their eye, and they can't see. It can cause heart defects. So, again, prevention is, is the big thing here, and it doesn't matter what some politician says who touts himself as a conservative. Get your kids immunized. The risk of immunization is negligible. And all this nonsense about autism is just that. It's nonsense. There's no proof of that. So that's how we take care of the retina. We laser that sucker. Now, this little membrane that we have over our retina that can buckle up, especially at the sweet spot, the fovea, where most of the eye nerve cells are located, that's why we have the most uh, acute, the best vision when we're looking straight at something. Peripheral vision is important, but when we're reading or working or examining or building something or cooking, we're looking straight ahead with our eyes because we're using the sweet spot where most of the nerve cells are. So we get the best image. And so the way that that's treated, and it's not an uncommon disease now as we get older, is the retinal surgeon will actually make an incision in the eyeball. And he can put a scope in there just like they put scopes in joints. It's a little scope. And he can go in there and visualize the, the membrane and he can remove it, and it'll grow back. And generally, it'll grow back uh, normally, and it'll repave the, the surface of the retina. And then that little wrinkle will be gone, and you won't have that little wavy image in that eye when you're looking at something directly. And I was at the eye doctor's for my prescription, new prescription, a few days ago. And he put up the Snellen chart, and everybody knows the Snellen chart. You know, it's the big big numbers or letters or images that get smaller and smaller, and you get, got to read it, A, C, D, F, B, whatever it is. I've almost memorized the thing. I've been there so many times this year. And so with my left eye, I could see, but I had to kind of look back and forth because that little sweet spot that's got the wrinkle in it, it's all wavy, and I couldn't make out the letters. And, uh, the, again, the treatment for that is going to be surgical. I think I'll hold off on that though. I do need two eyes to cut and sew. I don't know why. I've never figured that out, Bill. I'm, I tried it with one eye. I got pretty close, but you know, the patient went out complaining about their finger being sutured into the wound. I didn't see that until later, but we, we corrected that and everything came out. Okay. So I guess you need two eyes if you're going to do any fine work like suturing or uh, working on watches or building models, doing fine work. How about sewing? I guess you would need two eyes to sew if you're going to if you're going to be a seamstress or a tailor. I would think that's important. So we can get that treated, and that's an important, less common problem, but certainly one that is treatable, and it's covered by Medicare, and it's a recognized disease. So if you're having problems with little waves, little wrinkles, or squiggly, when you look at something, not squiggly lines floating in your eye, but squigglies when you look at something straight, and with your left eye or your right eye, it appears to be a little bit wavy, 
that could be that lining over the retina, the sweet part of the eye, and it can cause a distortion of vision. What other problems can there be in the back of the eye and the, and the retina? The retina is the nerve collection. The cells of, that are nerve cells are collected there, and that's what receives the image. By the way, we have two types of nerve cells, rods and cones. And one helps us with black and white vision, night vision, and the other helps with color vision. And we have more of the colored vision. And so if you're struggling because your acuity, your ability to see everything sharply is decreasing, try sticking with the colored images, and I think you'll find that you have better acuity, you have better vision there because we have more nerve cells in the back of the eye, the cones that actually encode the light coming in as colored images and send that to the brain. Well, we can have, by the way, there are blood vessels in the back of the eye uh, that feed the nerve cells. Of course, there has to be. We need food. We need oxygen. We need energy for these little cells to work. And they're pretty active, as you can imagine. And some of the densest best vascularized, most blood cells or blood vessels in the body are given over to parts of the, of the eye, the retina and the fovea and the uveal area. And that's because it's so important. It is so, so important. Now, the vessels actually come off of the neck arteries as they come up into the brain, the carotid arteries. And the neck arteries are the ones that we scan with the ultrasound to see if there's blockage. And you can have a little mini stroke in the eye. We call this amaurosis fugax. Big word that just means you got a little fleck of cholesterol that's blocking off one of the arteries or the main artery in your eye. And this does come off of the neck arteries as they go into the brain. And this can be a sign of significant blood vessel disease in the neck. And that needs to be evaluated. So if you have an episode of blindness in one eye and it resolves spontaneously, you still need to go see somebody. It's muy importante, amigo. Go get that eye taken care of. You may have a big old hunk of cholesterol stuck in the artery in your neck, and that can be treated. That can be fixed. And we also have medications for blood sugar and for cholesterol and for blood pressure and all these diseases add to the plaques and the buildup of cholesterol plaques in the neck arteries. So if you block off an artery or a vein that's integral to the nerve cells in the back of the eye, you got big problems and you can have loss of vision from either side. The, the artery feeds and the vein drains the blood back to the heart. So the artery's got the blood that's well oxygenated and has lots of food in it. It's all tanked up. And the vein is, is the vessel that carries the blood that's been depleted of oxygen and of nutrients and carries that back to the heart and the lungs and, and through the liver and picks up more food stuff and then comes on back around. So if you block off an artery, well, you're not going to see. If you block the main artery going to your eye, you're going to be blind. Hopefully, 
you can get somewhere quickly enough that can be diagnosed as a piece of cholesterol plaque or uh, a blood clot that is formed, and that can be treated. And that is a, a real uh, dramatic, simple, dramatic procedure to treat because you get your vision back. And what about a blocked vein? They're not as easy to treat, but they can certainly cause big problems because if you block the vein and the arteries still pumping blood into the back of the eye and you're not draining it, well, it's going to go somewhere and it's going to go in that layer between the nerve cells and the front of the eye. And so you're not going to be able to see. This can also be treated with laser and anticoagulants and different things, but uh, there's also a lot of systemic diseases that can add to this. But the bottom line, again, is prevention. And quickly get in and see somebody if you're having a problem. So diabetes, glaucoma, hypertension, high cholesterol, anything that interferes with the blood flow to the eye or with the thickness of the blood going to the eye can cause a problem. And you can have a, a subacute or uh, over a few day decreased visual acuity or ability to see, or you can have a sudden loss of your vision completely. And that's no fun. That's not a good thing. You don't want that. Now, there are different diseases of the back of the eye that can be treated medically. We can have an inflammation of the back of the eye, the retina and the uvea, that, that whole mechanism that forms the back part of the, of the egg of the eye, the round, roundness, and has the, the great and wonderful optic nerve, the nerve that carries all the fibers from the nerve cells to the back of the brain. It's just amazing how long these things can be. I mean, they can be several inches long, the tails of these nerve cells, and these nerve cells are microscopic. So you can imagine that individually they're very fragile. Of course, when you get a whole bunch of them together, it's like silk. If you, if you get enough laminated together, you've got a pretty strong piece of rope or nylon. So, but still, trauma can, can be a, a problem and can disrupt the the retina, the back of the eye. Of course, it can disrupt the front of the eye, too. And the uvea, uh, you can have a puncture wound, and this can cause trauma to the back of the eye. So there's a number of things that can affect the back of the eye. Inflammations from autoimmune diseases like rheumatoid arthritis or lupus. There can be infections with bacteria and viruses with uh, protozoans and people with AIDS are susceptible to uh, certain types of bugs that can attack the back of the eye. And you can also have just plain old shingles virus in, in your eye, and that's a big problem too. That can cause blindness. It's not that common, but we do see it occasionally. Well, when I come back, I'm going to go fishing for some answers, and I want to know what the most common eye disorder is in people over 60 years of age, and what's the treatment? So what's the most common eye disorder in people over 60 years of age, and what's the treatment? And we are at 877-969-8600. That's 
800-345-8600. I'm Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. Go get you a cup of coffee, guys. I'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. Police are now saying only one shooter was responsible for the deadly Cincinnati nightclub assault. They had said earlier at least a couple of shooters opened fire inside the Cameo Club early today, killing one person and wounding a dozen others. Forecasters say parts of the plains could see heavy storms today, the worst of the weather expected across a wide swath of central Oklahoma and northern Texas. That includes the Oklahoma City metro area. The Pentagon is confirming the death of an al-Qaeda leader in a U.S. airstrike earlier this month in Afghanistan. Kari Yassin was responsible for a deadly hotel attack in Islamabad in 2008. And British police investigating last week's attack on Parliament. They claim four victims say they still believe the assailant acted alone. Khalid Massoud shot dead after running over pedestrians and stabbing a policeman to death. This is SRN. News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full-service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill for West Coast Radiology. Our good friends at West Coast Radiology offer convenient and comprehensive x-ray diagnostics, including open MRI, CT scan, CT PET mammography, and ultrasound. With state-of-the-art equipment and four convenient locations, you're assured of friendly, comprehensive care. Most insurance is accepted and competitive self-pay rates, plus Saturday appointments. Call West Coast Radiology at 727-771-2795. That's 727-771-2795. Consult your tax professional before investing. Let me ask you a question. Can you keep your 401k or IRA safe from the death of the dollar, continued rampant Fed spending, political corruption, and from the possible new Cold War with Russia? If you answered no, then listen up. Fortunes are going to be made and lost over the next few months. It's time you took action. Over 50,000 people have requested our Gold IRA Investment Guide to learn how to protect their retirement savings. Now it's your turn. We are Advantage Gold the number one rated gold IRA company in America by TrustLink. Right now, we are giving away a free copy of our new gold IRA protection guide to anyone with an IRA, 401k, or retirement account that is over the age of 55. Just call 1-800-900-8000 right now, and we will help teach you how to keep your retirement savings away from the government and safe in your pocket. Just call today at 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Representatives are standing by. Call 800-900-8000 today. Make plans now for a -a once-in-a-lifetime adventure to the Holy Land. The Stand with Israel Tour is happening this fall. Join Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher on a nine-day trip to Israel that will offer you timely insights into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. In the context of Jerusalem's 50-year anniversary, experience the Western Wall, modern Tel Aviv, the Dead Sea, and much more, all in the comfort and safety of first-class accommodations. For trip details, visit StandWithIsraelTour.com. Today's high, 83. Clear tonight, low, 64. 
partly sunny tomorrow, high 83. Clear to partly cloudy tomorrow night, low 64. Sunshine on Tuesday, high 82. Sunshine again on Wednesday, high 84. That's your Iraqi weather forecast. I'm Jonathan Reed for AM 860, The Answer. And I'm back. This is Dr. Bill, and that was Billy Idol. He was singing about his girlfriend back at home while he was on the road and uh, feeling distrustful and detached from her. Detached retina. Oh, boy. That's another disease of the eye, by the way. What happens with that? Well, part of the back of the eyeball, the retina, part of the layers detach and then you can get some of the fluid that's in the eyeball between the layers and this will distort the vision and block it so you can have a like a shade coming over your eye or uh, shooting uh, little shots of light or sparkles or blind spots that that pop up when you have a detachment of the back of the eye the retina and basically there are several membranes there including the nerve cells and they can come apart, and then that's a problem. This can be treated if you get to the eye doctor early. So if you're having any visual disturbances that sound like this, or if you're having any visual disturbance, visual disturbances, period, go see somebody. And a lot of this can be taken care of now with the laser and with intraocular inside the eyeball surgery. So there's a lot that can be done. The ophthalmologists have come a long way in the past 50 years. Tremendous advancements, and the technology is is really stellar. And I think that we should all take advantage of it if we have the the wherewithal to go see somebody. You can start with your family doctor, but if you feel like it's an emergency, you got to push them, or you can go to the emergency department. By the way, we were talking about that earlier. Bill and I were talking before the show about the emergency department, and you may not have known this, but by law, an emergency department has to take care of you if you present with an acute emergency medical or surgical problem. They have to take care of you whether you have insurance or you don't. And you say, well, how does the hospital handle that? I mean, don't they financially lose, especially if they're in an area where there are a lot of poor people, indigent people? Most of the states have some funding set up to reimburse the hospitals for indigent patients, for the poor patients who don't have Medicare or Medicaid or private insurance or can't pay out of pocket. So that's not new. That's been around for a few decades. And that was uh, a result of hospitals taking Medicare money back in the 70s and 80s and then trying to get rid of patients that had no money and looked like they were going to cost the hospital a lot. So you can't you can't send patients to another emergency department unless you don't have the ability to take care of that patient at your emergency department or by your hospital. So at our little hospital, we don't have ear, nose, and throat doctor. So if there's an ear, nose, and throat emergency, we have to send them on to a bigger hospital. And it's the same with a lot of hospitals, whether it's heart problems or trauma, so most of the hospitals with major trauma 
they will send those folks to a bigger hospital like Tampa General or Bayfront in St. Pete or whatever your local hospital, your big hospital is in your area. And they have trauma centers. There's different levels of trauma as well. And you can have trauma to the eyeball, too. And, of course, you have to have ophthalmologists on staff. If not, you have to be sent somewhere where you can receive the appropriate treatment. And that's important. Now, minor trauma can be treated in the office by ophthalmologists and by some emergency rooms if they have the right equipment. And one of the most common problems we see are scratches of the cornea. Again, the cornea is that clear part over your, your colored part of your eye and that black hole that we call the pupil. By the way, you know why it's black? Well, because the light goes right through and it doesn't come back out. And if no light comes back out, then it's black. But guess what? If you have a flash on your camera, and you've probably seen this, and you don't have that flash that comes in before the main flash, and the purpose of that is to make your your iris constrict so there's less light coming in, and then when the main flash comes, you won't get that red spot in the middle of your eye. What happens? Well, if the eye is dilated enough, if the pupil is wide enough, then the flash will, will hit the back of your eye. Some will be absorbed, of course, and turned into energy that's in, transmitted to the brain as a, as a nerve uh, conduction. But some of it will be reflected back out. And so then you get the red spot in the middle of your eye on some of your pictures. And that's why a lot of the cameras have that little flash before the big flash so that your eye will constrict down, your pupil will get smaller, and the back of the eye won't be able to reflect a lot of that light back out. So that's why you see the red when you have the photograph. Or if you're going down the street and at night and a dog or a cat turns their head and looks at you, you'll often see the light reflected back out through the back of their eye because it's nighttime and their eyes are dilated so more light can get in. And so you get that reflection and you get that red spot. Or if, if their pigment in their eye is a little different, it might be a yellow spot. So that's a little interesting aside. So one of the common things that we see in emergency departments is or are foreign bodies on the cornea or scratches of the cornea. Well, how does it get scratched? Well, you're driving down the road, you roll down your window, and a little something, a little speck of wood or something uh, dings you right in the center of your eyeball, and it takes a little bit of the skin off your cornea. The cornea doesn't have any blood vessels in it. It doesn't have any lymph vessels because it has to be clear so the light can get in. But if you get a little nick on it and you've disrupted that nice smooth uh, surface layer of cells that goes over the cornea, then you got a little divot in there. And if it's not allowed to heal, then it can become inflamed and infected, and it can cause just a clouding of that part of the cornea, and then you may need a corneal transplant. But this is pretty easy to treat. Uh, it can feel like there's something in your eye. Your eye can become inflamed and irritated. it look like conjunctivitis or pink eye like the kids get. And we can treat that fairly easily in the emergency department or at the eye doctor's office. And we numb up the surface of the eye with a drop of Novocaine or Tetracaine or some some cane, one of the numbing medicines. And then we have you put your chin on the slit lamp 
and using the slit lamp or if you're just in a doctor's office who can do this and is confident uh, with he has a, a magnifying headset on or some operative glasses and you take a small gauge needle and you look at that little spot and if there's a little foreign body a little piece of metal buried in the in the cornea then you just flick it out you dig it out and then you rinse the eye out and put in some antibiotic drops and we put a patch on your eye now we do this if you have a, a skinning or an abrasion uh, and some of the cells on the cornea are knocked off we actually will after we examine your eye make sure there's no foreign bodies in it we got to flip your eyelids up so we can see underneath but once we determine that there's no foreign body then we can put some eye drops in there and we put a patch on your eye what's the patch for you probably think it's to block light from coming in no 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 the patch is to keep you from opening that eye because the best band-aid for your cornea is your eyelid your eyelid has antibiotics in it it has the right fluid the the right concentration of salt and potassium and the cornea likes that and the corneal skin will grow back quickly in a day or two if it's not too deep or too serious and if there's no infection so that's important to get in with a pink eye and that sensation of something foreign in your eye a foreign body and get that taken care of most of the metal flecks we see in people who are working uh, they're working in shops uh, they're they're working in auto shops they're working in metal shops uh, even in in uh, woodworking shops because you use metal at times you use screws and different things when you're putting wood products together and you can get a little piece of metal that can fly right into the cornea and lodge in there by the way most of the metal is going to be iron based and so if it sits in your cornea for any period of time guess what it's going to rust and you're going to have a nice little rust spot on your cornea and that's always fun to see so when i worked in the emergency department i i was uh in my own opinion very good at flicking little foreign bodies off of the retina i did a lot of er work making money while i was going through training and that's always fun i love that kind of stuff i love seeing a little bit of everything so you go in and the doctor numbs up your eye and he drops some some medicine in there we call it fluorescein and it it basically uh, will stain the the area of the cornea that that the skin has been knocked off of the little divot because our eyelids are so smooth and they're so well lubricated from our tears that when you blink it will knock off any foreign substances on the normal cornea including the fluorescein stain that yellow orange stain but the area where the skin cells are knocked off it, it won't clear, clear that out and so then you put your your uh woods lamp which is just an ultraviolet lamp right on that and you look at it with the ultraviolet and you can see the little area in the cornea where there's a defect because the fluorescein will lay in that and it will fluoresce with the ultraviolet light it's pretty cool i always like doing that patients are impressed too because you know you can be a little bit messy with the fluorescein drop it on on your hand and then you shine it on there and they're like, Ooh, look at that dr bill that is too cool which it is it's a lot of fun not for the patient but for me and of course that's what it's all about you know the wife and i we have a happy marriage because we have the same goal my happiness 
and she's just so wonderful. So that's how we diagnose uh, a skinning or a defect in the cornea, and that's how we get rid of the foreign bodies. You say, well, can you damage your cornea any other way? Well, yeah, of course you can. Besides trauma, there is uh, exposure to ultraviolet light, and we see this in welders who don't wear their their hood. You, you know those uh, black hoods that they flip down that have the real dark glass in, in it in the center for their eyes? That's to block out the ultraviolet. The ultraviolet is the high-energy light that's produced not only by the sun, but by nuclear reactions and also by welding, and this can burn the eye, the cornea. And when that happens, we treat it just like we would a corneal abrasion or a skinning of the eye. We have to patch the eye, put in drops, and you'll need to be seen every day until it heals. And that way, the doctor can be sure that it's healing well and that you're not getting a secondary infection. And once all of the uh, tissue has rehealed over the cornea, then the eye patch comes off and you, you'll be fine assuming that there's no infection and no other problems that are going on along with this. Well, we don't have anybody calling, Bill. I was asking, and I'll give out a, a gift certificate if you call, $25 to the restaurant of my wife's choice. What's the most common eye disorders in people over 60? And if you know the treatment, let me know. I'd love to hear from somebody. I'm lonesome. I'm all alone here. That's a pretty complicated there, question, Don. It is? Okay, well, let me keep it simple. If you're over 60, what eye problems do you have? How's that sound? All right. And then we'll go from there. That way you don't have to look up anything. You can just call me and tell me, I'm blind. I'm blind as a bat. Well, put on your reading glasses, Grandma, for God's sakes. So we, uh, we have a number of problems that we see commonly in the emergency department and in family practitioners' offices, inflammation of the front of the eyes, infections, conjunctivitis, more common in kids and adults, allergic problems, as I said earlier, can cause a conjunctivitis, inflammation of the, of the white part of the eye and of the, uh, of, the, of the little sac that has the moist membrane on it. And uh, that's pretty easy to diagnose and treat. And we like seeing those sorts of things because they are easy, and we can do something about that. There are some new things coming up, too, though. It's, it's kind of cool, and I'll just take a few minutes to talk about that. There are now attempts to replace damaged eye cells, retina, retinal cells, nerve cells, and the lining over the retina using stem cell treatment. What are stem cells? Stem cells are the progenitor, the precursor cells to the, the more developed and more uh, uh, definitive cells that we have in our bodies. So, for instance, in our bone marrow, we have progenitor or precursor cells that can turn into red blood cells or white blood cells or platelets, depending upon what's needed and which hormones and which chemicals and which enzymes are acting upon the bone marrow at that time. So we can harvest these little puppies. We can get these out of your body, from your bone marrow, from your heart, from different parts of the body, and we can use these. We can 
seed certain parts of the body with these cells, and they will be affected locally by the cells they're hanging out with. And they also have growth factors that they secrete, and these growth factors make things around them grow as well. So we can replace and repair problems by using stem cells. And the interesting thing about stem cells is that they have unlimited divisions throughout their lifespan. So they will divide in two, but one of the stem cell's daughters will be a stem cell so that the other one will become whatever it is that's needed by that part of the body, whether it's a muscle cell or a blood product or a a retinal uh, cell that's necessary for our vision. And so now we're trying and using these progenitor-type cells, these stem cells, and we're putting them in the back of the eye in different parts of the body to see if they will give us some normal cells there so that people who are blind or who have damage to their retina and are partly blind can then be able to have some vision come back. And it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool stuff. It's cutting edge. It's getting into the one of my favorite topics, which is genetics. And it is uh, a fun and new area. It's not in the mainstream yet because there's not really – enough data out yet but it's coming now there's also some hucksters out there and they've been injecting uh, stem cells into people's knees who have bad osteoarthritis and i don't think that there's any literature that supports that that does anything i may be wrong but certainly uh, it can be misused and it's expensive and it's not reimbursed by insurance so it's it's kind of like you know plastic surgery for for cosmetic reasons not that there aren't reasons to have plastic surgery for cosmetic reasons. I mean, if, if we have some trauma or if we have uh, some congenital deformity, uh, then certainly we want to take advantage of all the resources at hand to try and be as presentable in society because we've got to get out there and, and work and interact with other people. So we get these stem cells from the uh, retina itself, from the pigmented part of the retina, the back of the eye, from heart, from scar tissue, from the brain. I'm not letting anybody stick a needle in my brain to get cells. So, And from the blood, the bone marrow, and different parts of the body. And we can use these in a variety of ways. And one of the ways in which it's being used is to try and repopulate damaged retina in the back of the eye with new cells so that people can get their vision back. Not bad. Not bad. This is all science fiction stuff for me when I was a kid. We never dreamed any of this would be possible. So how do you get this? Well, you have to go to specialized clinics, and uh, there are researchers doing this as well, clinical researchers. Advent Cells has a protocol, and they're using I don't know how well they're doing with it. But that is available, and you can ask your retinal doctor or your ophthalmologist about the the potential benefit of this and whether or not it's panning out to be of any value. And that uh, in and of itself is, is worth looking into if you're blind or if you're going blind and you have no other options. Not that this will help everybody, but it may help a few people. And it's uh, certainly cutting-edge stuff, and it's just too cool.
So we'll see where that goes. Well, we've talked about a few common eye problems today, and the big problems over 60 are going to be macular degeneration and cataracts and uh, retinal detachment and blood vessel diseases in the back of the eye, whether from diabetes or cholesterol or whatever. I'm Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. Thanks, guys. I'll see you all next week. Love you being with me. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.